Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Despite what you have, despite what's going on, you can sit there and with your mouth begin to confess. Faith is voice activated. There's power in your words to release life. I said, it's so stern. And said, pain, you leave right now in Jesus' name. Be gone. It just left. And it never, ever came back. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm in the middle of my second week of teaching on God Won't You Well. And I tell you, I really feel the heart of the Lord as I'm sharing these things. God is just reaching out to people. God doesn't want us to suffer. And yet religion has taught us that God punishes us with sickness. That God sometimes blesses us with sickness. It brings us to the end of ourselves. Through our suffering, we're made better. And Religion has just come up with all kinds of excuses, and I believe that that's what it is. You know, the scripture says in uh, Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he says, go preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you receive, freely give. He didn't tell us to go pray for the sick. He told us to go heal the sick. He said in Mark chapter uh, 16, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak it with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And then just a few verses later, it says that the Lord went with them and worked with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders following healings. The Lord taught that those same works that he did, we would do also. John chapter 14, verse 12. We should be seeing people healed. But I believe that the reason religion has come up to say, oh no. Sometimes God wants you to suffer. Sometimes it's not God's will. Sometimes it's punishment. You can't just 
believe for healing every time. I believe that the reason they've been motivated to do that is to excuse our powerlessness. Jesus said you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And religion comes up and says, well, not everybody does. See, and they start making excuses. You know, I actually was with Oral Roberts. Just a couple of months before he died. This was in 2009. If I'm not mistaken. And I was in his home. And uh, there was a number of pastors. There's about 15, maybe as many as 20 pastors. And ministers that were there in his home. And he ministered to us. And then he let each one of us ask for something that we could ask him to pray over us for. So Jamie and I went up and I told him, I said, I want to see more healings. I want to see every person healed. And he says, it won't work for you. And I said, why? And he says, because you're a pastor. And I said, I'm not a pastor. I said, I travel and minister. And he says, oh, then it'll work for you. And he prayed for me. And anyway, I won't go into all the details, but we started a healing school. And since that time, we have seen tens of thousands of people healed. And I believe that that's in a direct response to that prayer and the anointing that Oral Roberts released into us. But here's my point. Some people say, well, why would he say that? I know why he said it. Because I've pastored three little churches. And when you start preaching on healing and saying it's God's will for every person to be healed, somebody isn't going to receive that healing. Somebody is not going to get out of a wheelchair. Somebody is going to die trying to believe for healing. And rather than sit there and say, I must have missed it. 
chiche sako ze bulunji or maybe you missed it oba oli yatachi yatachi yatakoze or maybe both of us missed it oba fefembi faba fuddeke nsonge ino kubanti tekoze or maybe we just don't understand enough oba fembi tuina chitutamanyi rather than sit there and stay with what the word says mchifochi okusigala uonga osigadenechi gambo chichogera that he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Most people are more driven by what they see by their experiences. Than they are by the word of God. And most pastors in an effort to cover their tracks. And to excuse the reasons why people don't get healed will just say well it must be God's will now, I know some of you think that's a really harsh critical thing to say but you know I, the first little church that I pastored I had a couple in that church that they were Americans but they had lived in Guatemala as missionaries. And they had a child when they were in Guatemala and the woman was a little petite, tiny woman. And uh, so she was on the way to the hospital and, and delivered the child in the car. And because of that, there was brain damage and people get upset at me uh, for using these terminals. I don't know what's the technical, politically correct way to refer to this. But the way she referred to it, this has been back probably in um, maybe 1974. And things have changed since then, but she called her son retarded. Is what they called it. Maybe that's not the proper way. I don't know. But anyway, that's what she called it. Because of it, the boy had problems. He was uh, four years old at the time, and he had no immune system. There was all kinds of complications. And so anyway, these people were in my church and they were a part of my church. And the boy got a cold. They called me. I drove over to their house. And I was holding this boy in my arms when he died. And we prayed for him for two hours. 
back. I was speaking in tongues and they had of course lived in Guatemala. And they, I didn't know Spanish, but they said that in, as I was praying in tongues that I was saying things like, get up and run. And and on and on. I don't know what I was saying. I was praying in tongues. Jail. Or arresting us because we hadn't taken them to the doctors, but the woman produced a medical document. And that said that he had no immune system and if he ever got something like a cold. That there was no point in trying to do anything, just keep him at home and let him die, that it was a death sentence. And because she had this medical thing, they didn't arrest us. And stuff, but... Anyway, the family was just devastated. And they asked me to do the funeral. And I can tell you, at the funeral, I was tempted to say, well, it must not have been God's will. Because I gave it everything I had. This couple gave it everything they had. We did all that we knew to do and we didn't see this boy healed. And he died, and we had to bury him. But did you know at the funeral? It would have been nice to say, well, God must have needed another, another angel in heaven. See, that's what I was told when my dad died. That God needed your father in heaven more than you needed him. Even as a 12-year-old kid, I could see through that. But it would have been tempting to sit there and say, well, God must... 
had a purpose. Maybe, you know, he was saving him from all of the tragedy. That would happen in his life. So rather than let him suffer, God just killed him. There's religious people that say things like that. But you know what? Rather than come up with something that might have soothed their conscience, might have made them feel better temporarily. I just told him, I said, look, this is not God's will. God did not kill your son. God's will is for us to be well. And I said, I don't know why we didn't see it. I said, I'll take responsibility. I'll say that I wasn't, I was struggling with doubters. I don't know what the problem was. I'm not saying it's you. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming me. Maybe it's things that we don't know. I said, I don't know what the problem is, but I can guarantee you God is not the one who killed your four-year-old child. And did you know that was hard to say? Let me tell you something. Look at me. But it was the truth. And the truth will set you free. And anyway, it's a long story. But this woman, especially, she had had, she had been traumatized when the doctors told her that he was going to die if he ever caught a cold. She just lived in constant fear. And the moment she saw this cold come on her son, she panicked. And anyway, the Lord showed her in about a month's time, maybe two months' time. That she just allowed the devil to come in and steal her faith. Through all of these negative things that she'd been dreading for four years. And so she recognized where the problem was. She repented of it. And she said that God showed her how to overcome it. And because of that, she was such a small woman. They said that if you ever do have another child, you have to have it by cesarean section. You can't have natural birth. And so she got pregnant again and she didn't want 
to have all of their criticism and negative things. Omuchalo no biyadi mu nafuno rubuto lala. Orokumanti tayagala kudamu kuri reporti zaba sawe zali mbi. So she just had the baby at home. Yasalewa abana be abazali denga waka. She had four more. I think it was three or four more children. Era yasala kumpi abana bala basatu obaba na. And they were all born at home. And they're all perfectly healthy. And when they graduated from schools, she sent me a picture of them in their cap and gown and said, thank you for telling me the truth. She says, if I had believed that it was God that killed my son, I never would have had the faith to stand up to do these other things. So I'm saying all this to say this is why Oral Roberts told me, he says, it won't work for you. Because most people that they have to sit there and face the people that they're praying with, somebody isn't going to receive it. There's Multiple reasons. It's not always just that they have unbelief. That's one reason, and it's a big reason, but there's other reasons. There's many things involved in healing. But if you minister to a large number of people, somebody's not going to receive healing. And most people, rather than say, I'm wrong, you're wrong, we're wrong, or what don't we know? Rather than do that, they'll just blame. God. So, well, it must be God's will. And that's, it's an excuse. And this is the reason that religion has come up with all of these excuses. Why healing doesn't happen. But I'm telling you, it's God's will for you to be well. Somebody said, well, if it's God's will, then why doesn't it come to pass? Well, it's God's will for every person to be born again. And yet not everybody's born again. Because we have a part to play. And there's even some people who want to be born again. They know that they need God and yet they are just plagued with doubt and feelings of I'm unworthy and how could God ever forgive?
forgive me. There's people who desire salvation that don't ever get saved. There's people who desire healing that don't ever get healed. But it's not because God didn't provide. God has provided but we have to learn how to receive. And this is the reason that I'm teaching on this on television. I'll be open to a lot of criticism. There'll be a lot of religious people. There's a lot of unbelievers that'll just turn me off and say, you're crazy and forget it. But there's a lot of religious people that will attack me and say that then you're saying that it was my fault. There's somebody failed for my husband or wife or my child to have died. And you're condemning me. I'm not condemning you. It's like we're in a battle. And one of the things that Satan fights us with is sickness and disease and all of these kind of things. And people in a battle get wounded. And sometimes people get killed by the enemy. We are in a battle. Satan is fighting us. I'm not saying that you're a bad person. If healing hasn't worked for you, or if you've seen somebody die, but I am saying it's not your commander-in-chief. It's not God who killed them. It's not because God willed them to die. It's because we have an enemy that's fighting against us. And most of us just honestly don't realize we're in a battle. Most of us are just, we're asleep on bunker duty. We aren't protecting ourselves. That's the reason I'm teaching on these things. I'm trying to make it important that you walk in health. Your ministry, your life is going to be shortened if you don't know how to walk in health. Your, your effectiveness is going to be diminished. If you're sitting there having to nurse your sicknesses and diseases and things, you need to learn how to receive healing. So, 
The thing that I've been teaching on is that God wants us well, and I for the the main point that I've made so far. Is that Jesus reflected the perfect will of God, and Jesus never made anybody sick. Never told him you need to stay sick a little longer. Didn't sit there and punish any person with sickness. Say that it was a blessing. He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. And so Jesus is a perfect example and he reflected God's will perfectly. And so that shows us that it is God's will for you to be well. But here's the next step. Just because it's God's will doesn't mean it automatically comes to pass. You have to learn how to receive. You know, when I was a little kid, eight years old, I was in a vacation Bible school in a Baptist church. And typically, my family, its we're like skunks. We had our own pew in that church. We, that was the place we sat. And it was right on the front row. But because I was in this vacation Bible school, well, I was in a class and they marched us in and set us in different places. And I was at the back of this auditorium. 600 kids in this auditorium and I was on the back row. And a man stood up and he took out a dollar bill and he held this dollar bill up. And he said, I'll give this dollar bill to the first kid that comes up here and takes it. And I mean, instantly, there was 20 or 30 kids that just were around him, and they were all, I want it, I want it, and they were jumping up and down. And I thought of all times to be sitting on the back row. This was just terrible. I missed out on this opportunity. But this guy just ignored all of those kids. He kept his hand up in the air and he says, I'll give this dollar bill to the first kid that comes up here and takes it. And he just kept saying this and everybody was wondering, what's wrong? Every one of these kids wants it. 
Why didn't he give it to them? Mr. John, you see, Galacha wants to send us no cut nothing at Webuza, always will do dawa. Already, Abana Bamulikum people, you mark a Musaba, Nate Tuebuza, Ruachita de Mukabawa. And he just kept repeating this, and finally it hit my lightning fast mind the point that he was making. And I got out from the back row. I ran down to the front of the auditorium. And I pushed my way through those other kids. And he had his arm up like this. I reached up and grabbed his arm and climbed up his side. And I grabbed that dollar bill. Out of his hand and took it. And he looked at all those kids and he said, every one of you wanted this. But only one came up here and took it. I said I'd give it to the first kid that came up here and took it. And what he was doing was illustrating that Jesus has made salvation available to everybody, but you have to take it. He doesn't force it on you. He doesn't make it happen. You have to reach out and take it. And we've got an adversary there that'll try and condemn you. Tell you, oh no, he won't save you. You're too far gone. You're too bad. And you have to sometimes fight through these thoughts and through these things that Satan uses to hinder people. But did you know that that was a revelation to me? And it wasn't very long after that till I got born again. It showed me that salvation was available, but I hadn't reached out and taken it. And Romans 10, 9 says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so you have to confess, you have to believe. And you have to do some things. Did you know it's the same thing with healing? Healing has been provided for everybody. But there are things that you need to do. Or here's another way of saying it. Over here in Romans chapter 3, let me read this first to you in verse 27. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he said, Where is boasting then? 
Wano mtume Paulo ya gamba antikali okwenyu miliza kulirui wa. It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Kalo kwenyu miliza kulirui wa. Tekuli uo. Luwachi tekuli uo. Tekuli uo oruebi kolwa. Nedda. Na ye uruwa kukiriza. And the point I'm wanting to make here is he calls it a law of faith. There are laws that govern faith. You could say that there's laws that govern the spiritual realm. There's laws that govern the kingdom, just like there's laws in this physical world. Did you know that there's a law of gravity. And you may not think about it. Right now I'm sitting in this chair. I'm not strapped in this chair. This chair isn't bolted to the floor. Gravity is holding me here. We've learned how to use gravity. I use gravity. I just set this Bible down and it stays there. Because of gravity. If it wasn't for gravity, this, this Bible would just float off. I couldn't keep this water in this cup. It just flowed out. We've learned how to use gravity. But it's a law. And that law will work for you. Or against you. Did you know you can walk off of a hundred story building? And gravity still works. And it's not personal. It's not gravity that's trying to kill you. It's just a law and you have to learn how to use it. And here's another thing about a law. A law is universal. That means if something worked here, in my studio in Colorado, but it didn't work where you are, well, then it wouldn't be a law. It might be a phenomenon. But a law means that it works anywhere on the earth. Like gravity, it's the same anywhere here on the earth. Uh, all of these different laws about seed time and harvest and the sun coming up. And the moon and the stars. These are laws 
that God put into place. And just as there are physical laws, there are spiritual laws. And people don't understand this. And so they just pray and they think, God, if you love me, if you love this person that I'm praying for, then heal them. And they think it's just up to God. And if they don't get healed, well, then they get offended. God, you didn't answer my prayer. That's not true. There are laws. God cannot just intervene. The same thing as if a person was to walk off of, say, a 10-story building. God doesn't want them to die. But that law of gravity will kill them. If they just jump off of a building. And rather than God all of a sudden suspending gravity so that he could save that one life. He loves that person. He doesn't want them to die. But there are laws and there are consequences if you violate these laws. If God was just to suspend gravity to save this one person who jumped off of a building, then how many cars would wreck because gravity wasn't holding them on the ground? How many people would have terrible things happen? And you know, he doesn't do that. Even though he doesn't want to see that person jumping off of a building. He's not going to suspend the laws of gravity. They are laws and they, they just work. In the spiritual realm, there are spiritual laws. I'm going to talk about this more. I won't deal with it completely, but one of the simplest ones is, is in uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Where it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You get what you say. There's power right here in your words. And not only life, but death also. 
And there are a lot of people who are cursing themselves with their words. People say, how are you? And they say, I'm dying. And you think, well, I'm just repeating what the doctor says. Well, why don't you repeat what Jesus said? Why don't you repeat that by his stripes I'm healed? The doctor says I'm dying, but by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. See, you could use your tongue that way. That's a law. You get what you say. You have what you say. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, you shall have whatsoever you say. Most people say what they have instead of having what they say. But you can... Despite what you have, despite what's going on, you can sit there and with your mouth begin to confess. Faith is voice activated. There's power in your words to release life. But see, a lot of people don't know these laws. And so they just pray, and if they don't see the right results, then they think, well, God didn't answer my prayer. No, there's laws that restrict what God can do. And if he was to violate his laws, because he loves you and just give you a special miracle, then how many other people would die because he canceled his laws at that moment? The kingdom of heaven is set up on laws. You have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and then and only then shall you be saved. It's not enough to just think in your heart. You need to confess it with your mouth. Jesus said, if you don't confess me before men, and I won't confess you before my Father. You have to Make him Lord, not only acknowledge that he exists, it says over in James chapter 2. Says you believe that there's one God, you do well. Well, that's a sarcastic statement. You do well, it's a put down. 
kubanga you hadn't done anything that the devil hasn't done but won't you know vain man that faith without works is dead that's another spiritual law it's not true faith until you act on it a person who says oh I believe this but then you don't believe it enough to act on it that's not Bible faith and unless you act on your faith. Then you haven't put laws in the process and you won't receive from God. So there's a lot of things. I'm just beginning this today. I'm going to continue it on my program tomorrow but you need to recognize that it's not God who just didn't respond to you God has already provided healing for every single person I don't care what your sickness is I don't care what your problem is all things are covered Jesus has provided healing if you aren't seeing healing it's not God who hasn't given it's you and me that has trouble receiving and I'm going to be talking about what some of those things are. What some of the laws are that we have to put into practice. And if you can understand this and receive it. I guarantee you it'll change your life. If you sit under the word for two or three years. I guarantee you you are going to have God speak to you you and start revealing purpose to you. God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do and I tell you Karis Bible College is the place for that. The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. This is a season of your life that God's wanting to show you who you really are. Every one of you were created for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is? For more inquiries, visit us on 6th Floor Park Royal Mall, Uganda Road, Kampala. Or please call 0200-330-000 or send an email to caris.uga at awmcaris.com. Enroll today at Caris Bible College Uganda by applying online at www.carisuganda.net. Webale kuhuli za programi ya fe ya Gospel Truth. Tukiriza nti owele dua nyo mkisa okuita mkusome sewa kuno. Mwabango ya gara tusabeko na awe, oboli na echibu uzocho na, oboli nombu julizi kwecho katonda chakozo kuita kuprogramu eno. Tukubile ko kunamba ze simu zino wa manga. 0 bili 0 0 satu satu 0 0 0 0 Ngambie, eri 0 bili 0 0 satu satu 0 0 0 0 Oba, 0 musamvu musamvu munana Atano mutano, nkaga mutano nsamvu Ngambie, 0 musamvu musamvu munana Atano mutano, nkaga mutano nsamvu Kuluoku wakala kwa katondo kutaliko komojoli Tuogiru mkisa kwa katonda 
tuogere nkula akulana era tuogere okonyezebwa mulinyali amukama fe Yesu obweredwa nyo omukisa